morning, everybody. It's your boy Toph, and it's time for another edition of Unpopular. So what you just heard was a cool theme called Layer Cake, which is a theme song from an RPG, JRPG actually, called Persona 5. So I was thinking last night, actually, and I realized, you know, yeah, this is a wrestling podcast, but there's no rule that says you've got to use wrestling music all the time. I mean, technically, you can use any kind of music you want. And, you know, I'm a big anime fan. I'm a big uh, JRPG guy. So I figured, you know, why not use, you know, some some RPG music, you know, just add some originality to the to the show, makes it stand out, be different. So I might be more creative in the future and just use other themes as well. I mean, I'm still going to use wrestling themes as well, but, you know. So anyway, today is November 15th, 2019. It's pretty cold down here. It's actually starting to feel cold, which is uncommon in the South. We don't really get that cold this time of year. Uh, usually for us, it'll... It's like moderate kind of. When it gets cold, cold, most of the time in the south, it's like late February, early March. It'll get cold. But like December, November, it doesn't really get cold. So this is the first time we've had a decently cold time for quite a while. Um, anyway, so just waiting for our JCD to call in. So what we decided to do was we, we it's easier. We, we don't have to do it this way, but... I thought that it's kind of easier if we just kind of do a show every other week because more stuff happens and there's more news to discuss, if that makes sense. So um, on all fronts, the different companies and stuff. Now, we're not going to completely abandon doing shows every week, um, if, you know, because it just depends. You know, sometimes things are busier than they normally would be. So if it's like, you know, for instance, if one week is really busy and then the next week is really busy, then we might just do a show the next week. But what I'm aiming for is to just, you know, kind of do it every other week, if that makes sense. Now, around like, you know, rumble season, mania season, when things really get, you know, busy, then we might do it, you know, every week. But I just personally think that every other week is a little bit easier to do. So, anyway, with that said, if you'd like to call in, the uh, guest number is... 347-205-9868. That is 347-205-9868. Also, my Twitter, got to remember to plug that. Um, you can follow me at Toph Knows Best. That's Toph Knows Best. Yes, it's based off the old Hulk Hogan show, which my mom used to watch sometimes because, hey, she was a VH1 girl. What can I say? Anyway, with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and bring in JCD, see what's going on here. Hey, morning, John. What's going on? Hey, what's up, Chris? Yeah, no, I'm doing good. Uh, doing good. It's just I'm just drinking some I'm gonna be a little preoccupied. The baby is homesick today. I keep calling him the baby. Uh, Geo, my little one, is homesick today, so mm-hmm. I'm just you know I'm taking care of him. So I didn't want to cancel the show, but you know I'm just I'm balancing both. So, um, but other than that, everything, oh, okay. everything's fine. How's everything with you? Everything's fine over here. I was just saying how uh, it's actually getting moderately cold and down here in my area, which is uncommon in the south, uh, where I live at usually most times when it actually gets cold here, it's like late February, early March, like, and then around like November, December, it's just sort of cool, not cold, cool, but it's actually like cold, not like freezing or snowing cold but cold enough to where you got to wear a jacket which i'm sure to you is like whatever because you're in new york because it's a lot colder up there but here in the yeah. uh, here in the south it's like kind of a big deal you know we had, we had so. three seasons we had three seasons 
three seasons this week. <laughs> it was ridiculous. We had oh three seasons a, this week. Okay. Yeah, we had spring on Monday, and then yesterday and Wednesday was like well no Tuesday and Wednesday was wintry blistery cold, and then yesterday was a little better, and then today's like a fall day. It's like fifty three degrees. Like I'm actually. After I finish this and everyone, get, my wife gets home later, I'm going outside to decorate to do my Christmas decorating. Not because I want to decorate early, but because it's not freezing like the Arctic. Right. Man, the hardest wow. part about decorating is just getting started. Once you once you got the flow going, it's fact. easy. It's it's not, I'll be honest with you, because I have a pretty decent house. I think I sent you guys a video last year of how I decorated my house and everything. It's not mm-hmm. so much to get started. It's being out there, knowing you're going to probably be out there for like five, six hours when it's like blistering hot, cold, cold. But like we've had some freaky days. Like like I said, it's like 52 today. When my wife gets home from work later, even though I'm going to lose the daylight, I'm going outside. I already got – I have a tree on the side of my house um, on my side entrance where my driveway is. I already I don't have anything plugged in, but I've already got like lights around that tree, and it's in like a little I don't want to call it like a full garden because I don't plant anything there, but there is you know there is you know plants there's you know little stuff and it's where I keep like my garbage and my recycling cans and my like my energy meters are there, and I wish to call it I already have like my candy cane my light up candy canes around that. Because that's where the tree is, so mm-hmm. the candy canes are plugged into the lights on the tree. And then later I'll just, you know, I'll attach the lights from the candy canes to go around my side door and into the out. Like, I won't turn anything on until Thanksgiving weekend. Like, I'm not that batshit crazy. Like, there are people in my area right. that already have their stuff fully on at 4.30 in the afternoon. And that's like, no. And I was See, how like, I've always I- interpreted it. See, how I've always interpreted it is uh, one thing my mom and I love to watch yearly. You know, we love to watch the Macy's Thanksgiving Parade, you know, on Thanksgiving morning with all the different floats and stuff and uh, performances. Mm-hmm. It's just something we watch every year. And ever since I was a kid, and maybe this is just like the lore in my head or whatever, but what I like about the Thanksgiving Parade is uh, at the very end, uh, the last float is Santa. And it's almost yep. as if, like, Santa is sort of bringing in officially the Christmas season. Uh, so for me, in my own head, my lore ever since I was a kid has always been, yeah, you can decorate before, but you don't turn the tree on until, like, Thanksgiving itself or the day after exactly. Thanksgiving. You know what I exactly. Yeah, like, that's like my lore. Yeah, like, if I, like, in my perfect world, if I could be decorated, just in the sense of everything's where it needs to be, because I'm also doing a few things different this year, so I kind of want to like take some time to see. Like this sounds like it's going to work on paper, but I want to make sure it looks good or it works with like where I need to get to for an outlet and everything like that. I want to have that done by like next weekend. But you're absolutely right. I will not turn on anything until that Sunday night or Easter weekend. That's not right. That's not happening. Before then, and like I said, there's it's not just like it's one. There are several families that already have their stuff. Like it's because like now we're at the point where it's not getting that it's not getting dark as early as 4:30, but like 5:30 it's dark here now. We're at that point, and like there's these people and they have everything. They have everything, and you can tell they're done. 
Like, it's not even like, oh, okay, you know what, I got this part done, I will just turn it on, because whatever. These people are done, dude. And it's like, <laughs> no, I, I can't, you know what I mean? You know, it's, right. everything takes a different turn for me with my kids. Like, I, you know, I'll admit that. Like, I, I, you know, I don't kill myself for Christmas decorating or you know, trunk or treat because I'm poor. I, I do it, you know, I'm not going to lie, I do it because of my kids and everything, you know? Right. So, but I can't start that early. I just feel like, you know, it's, it's too early. You know, I even felt weird this year, but like I said, it was more about just taking advantage of the weather. Like, that was what I needed to do. I needed to, you know, if if you're going to give me a 56-degree day the second week in November, I'm taking it, you know? I mean, my yard is done. My pool is closed. You know, all my stuff is wrapped up and put away. You know, my plants and stuff, they are what they are for the season. I don't need to do anything else, you know? So why not get started? But... Yeah, I will not turn on a single thing until that Sunday of Thanksgiving weekend. You know, um, the way we do it is, you know, that little bastard known as the elf comes Thanksgiving night. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Wait till you have that shit. <laughs> um, and then that's Thanksgiving night. And then either Friday or Saturday, depending on just what we're doing, that's when we'll put up the tree and decorate it. And my wife will decorate inside, you know, the house, you know, to decorate the living room, the windows, whatever, you know, switch over, you know, the towels and the cooking mats and all that crap. Um, But nothing gets plugged in until that Sunday. Oh, Lisa's glad to know that we have that in common. All right, so right here, yeah. what I have in front of me is uh, I'm going to do things uh, a little bit differently. So what I said in the introduction was, um, you know, obviously this is a wrestling podcast, but um, there's no rule that says that it just has to be wrestling all the time. No. Because yep. in my experiences, never, in my opinion, most I, I never, right, I've never most, said that here. Right, right. I've but never, most wrestling fans yeah. also follow other stuff as well. So uh, my first thing here to discuss is I just wanted to very briefly uh, talk about Disney Plus. So Disney Plus launched a few days ago. If you have a pl- if you have a PS4, uh, it's there. When I turned on my PS4 two days ago, actually, I got a notification telling me to download it. I don't have an Xbox, but I assume if it's on PS4, it's most likely on Xbox. Uh-huh. It's not it's not on Nintendo Switch yet, but knowing Nintendo, they'll no. get it on there eventually. Well, I don't know about Xbox. I'm a PS4 guy too. I have PS4 as well, and I, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I downloaded it Tuesday as well. I download that in my Apple TV. I downloaded it too on Tuesday. Right, right. So uh, it's very difficult to make a dent in the in the streaming services because there's so many of them now. But of course, you know it's Disney, and uh, you know it's, it's, there are some obvious. Uh, there were some obvious lag issues the first day, like there always is. There's always is, you know, a lot of folks trying to use it for the first time yeah, and stuff like that. I got to be honest with you. Like, I know a lot of people were complaining about that all, like, retry to connect screen. You could get around that. 
all you had to do was pull up like the menu option, and even though you didn't have that home screen, you had every you were able to get to everything from the side menu. You know, so I mean, it was I didn't experience anything. You know, my whole thing was getting it to to download. Was that that's what took time for me, and then deciding what to watch. Well, what I've always done with all streaming services is I've done it with uh, Netflix, Hulu, WWE Network. Is uh, and I've, I've, I'll do this a lot, especially when I'm at home and I'm not working. So if I know I'm just going to stay in, first thing I'll do is, and this just could be a placebo, but I believe it actually works. Is uh, first thing I'll do is uh, if I have it on console, which is what I have most of my streaming services on, I'll just turn it on and I'll just let it sit there idle, um, because if it's sitting there idly. Network for WrestleMania. That's what I do. I, I four, five o'clock, whatever time the pre-show starts, I'll turn it on at like three and just leave it in the background, um, and you know let it let it play. And then once what I want to watch is on, then I'll I'll kick in. Yeah, I, I I'm with you on that. I do that if it's something I need to see and I know it's going to be a little bit of a hassle. I'll I'll log it in early. I'm I'm 100% yeah. with you. That. Yeah, pretty much. So, um I I'll definitely get a, get the service eventually. Um right now I am just really just waiting for um I'm I'm waiting for Clone Wars, you know, cuz they're going to finish that. And um yeah. I know they only have the first episode of The Mandalorian, but I've heard that no, the first the, episode the was good. One today. Oh, second, second one. one went up second today. one today. Yep. Okay. All right. Yeah, uh, I'll definitely right. check that out. I haven't, so, wa- I haven't watched um, it yet, but second one is up as of today. Right, right. So um, there's a bunch of stuff on there. Um, and what, for the most part, Disney, Disney did, Plus is – One thing Disney did, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, they actually moved up Endgame. Endgame was not supposed to be available on Tuesday. The big thing for Tuesday was supposed to be Captain Marvel. And then for whatever right. reason, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Like Monday, they they probably like Sunday, Sunday night, whatever they started pumping that Endgame was gonna be there on Tuesday because I think Endgame was. They probably did. Tuesday. They probably did that to like make some people like uh, that were kind of indecisive or on the fence that for some reason haven't seen the movie yet. They probably did that like to make them cave, you know, like a big draw. You Maybe. know what I mean? Because I know, I know last year, uh, Infinity War launched on Netflix on Christmas Day. And there were yeah, a lot I of people, that. I think, kind of speculating that, um, what you call it? Um, let me out here, Chris. That it was going to do the same what? thing. That, that they, yeah, uh, originally what was supposed to happen to uh, X, what was originally supposed to happen with uh, X-Men uh, Dark Phoenix was, because of the uh, transaction of Disney absorbing them, and you know, it pretty much made uh, that universe, you know, kind of pointless. Well, well, originally, what was supposed to happen was that movie was still going to be filmed, but they were just going to make it a Disney Plus exclusive. It was going to be like for Disney Plus. But then some things went through, and they just said, "Well, we already did all this work. Might as well release it as a movie." And they did. So, but yeah. I, I did hear about that. They wanted to do uh, Infinity War first. I wonder if Dark Phoenix would have been a little bit better received if it was a Disney Plus exclusive versus being it put out there as an actual movie. Like I don't know, I might be in the minority here, but some there there were just some 
there are just some timeline discrepancies. The movie's not bad. The only thing I can really say is that there are timeline discrepancies. So, like, the, yeah, the, the timeline in the X-Men movies is really convoluted, but the, the Magneto guy, the dude that in, in, the, in the continuity of the movie, Magneto should be like let – me, let me phrase this right. In the continuity of Dark Phoenix, Magneto should be the same age as Sir Ian from the first X-Men movie. Yep. But as you can clearly see, he's like 40-something. He's not, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there's some, there's some age continuity issues there, and you can kind of tell that the directors stopped caring about that. And I don't know if they stopped caring about it because – not even that? that, like what I was saying. What, not even that, but what I mean, you're right with that 100. percent But what I was gonna say was like, I feel sometimes like where something gets released plays a factor into how it's received. Like, like I really mm-hmm. think, um, if Dark Phoenix, let's say, would have gotten released on Disney Plus, it mm-hmm. wouldn't have gotten as crapped on as it did well, getting released. This, like, I think well, this some, is my personal I, this is my personal opinion on X Men movies, and, and I've said this before uh, uh, to many of my friends in college, and I don't think it's that controversial of an opinion because it happens, you know. Um, and, and to wrestling fans out there, don't worry, this will be the last non wrestling thing because we're going to get into the wrestling stuff soon. But this is well, an opinion I, I had on the X Men. I want to touch on before we jump into wrestling, but yeah, finish the X Men thing. Uh, yeah, this, this is what I've said about the X-Men, and I've, I've, I've said this before in the past. Not just with the X-Men, this happens in movies, right? So uh, have, you seen, have you seen the Pirates of the Caribbean movies? No, I never got Okay, it. but you know of them. But you know, yeah. but you know of them, right? Okay. Oh, and the fir- yeah. Okay. The, okay. The first movie, the original movie, was not about um, – Oh my God! I'm having like a brain fart moment. Uh, the first movie was not about Johnny Depp's character, Captain Jack Sparrow. The movie, the main character is Will Turner, played by Orlando Bloom, and Elizabeth Swann, played by Kiara Knightley. Elizabeth yep. is like this high uh, girl from society, and she's wealthy. And Will is like. A swordsman. He's like a swordsmith, yeah, and he's sure. in love with Elizabeth. You know what happens? You know where you're going with this, and you know what it is. It becomes what's marketable. Right. Is Orlando Johnny Bloom Depp just? Is Orlando Bloom's Wait. character marketable? Can you merchandise him? Not real. To females, to females, but not to a general audience. Right. And but what happens? Was, was Johnny Depp? Was Johnny Depp's performance as Captain Jack Sparrow was was so good that even though it wasn't his movie, he made it his movie. Yep. Right, and then as the and then as the franchise continued, they made Jack Sparrow the main character. And I've always said that's the problem mostly with the X Men movies because when they when they when they you can write a script for a movie, but when you see it play out on the big screen, it's different. And Hugh Jackman and all all the actors and actresses did a great job in those first X Men movies, but Hugh Jackman just stole every scene he was in as Wolverine. And I was not the intention, but it just turned out 
that the X-Men movies became less about the X-Men and more about Wolverine and Friends. And so as much as I love the early X-Men movies, the problem is is that out of 100% of the X-Men movies, and I, and I love the X-Men movies, 90% of them were focused on Wolverine. Take, take Wolverine out of it, and you're, the movie doesn't really exist. And so what's happened to the X-Men movies is they, with Logan, which was a great movie, Logan ended Wolverine's arc. Like, that's it. That's the end of the story. So after Logan, from that point on, the X-Men movies had to tell a story without Wolverine. And I think the only movies you had was Apocalypse. Right, they struggled. They struggled. So the X-Men movies, as much as I love them and as much money as they made, they have not consistently sold without Wolverine. And so one of the biggest challenges that the MCU has is, you know, eventually – not anytime soon, but eventually they will do an X-Men movie. They're going to have to be able to tell. First of all, they got two challenges. First, they're going to have to make an X-Men movie universe and fit it into the MCU. Secondly, they're going to have to do it without making it about Wolverine. Thirdly, they're going to have to pick a Wolverine that's not Hugh Jackman, that's just as good as Hugh Jackman, which is to me is impossible. Because one of the advantages of... Right. One of the advantages of Spider-Man and Batman and the Joker is you've had numerous people play these characters for years, but Wolverine, all you have is Hugh Jackman. Nobody else has played the guy, and he's done. So I feel sorry for whoever they get to get that role. So, but um, you're gonna have big, big shoes to fill, and it's almost impossible shoes to fill. Real quick, one last thing on comic books and universes and superheroes, you know, and, and, and yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, Black Adam, mm-hmm. ah, yeah, finally, DC, yeah, ooh, oh, no. wow, Black Adam, yeah, it must be killing him to have to attach the word black to his name. Oh, my God, you went there. <laughs> it must be killing them. But I'm just not excited for it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's him. I, 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 I just can't. I, I, yeah. I know. I've heard, I've heard The Rock has, has, been, has been trying to get himself into Star Wars, and I'm not sure. Maybe he could make it work? I don't know. You know what it Probably is with not. Star Wars? And this is not a Rock thing. Surprisingly, if you really think about it, yes, we know what Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, and Mark Hamill all became, but if you think about it, they don't use they don't use really i I know Samuel Jackson and Liam Neeson, and you know you'll you know i you guys can hit me with that, and it would be hundred percent right. But they don't really use big-time Hollywood actors and actresses who are these mega superstars. They they never have, you know. So he could sit there and say he wants it, but I just don't think he fits for what they've done. Maybe, you know, I know he's got the relationship with Disney, you know, I, I wish Disney had a block feature so I could block, uh, 
you know. You, you pretty much said it yourself. I think the biggest name Star Wars has ever had is Samuel Jackson. Yeah. 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 Because that was even a main role. I mean. Right. I mean, he was like a secondary character. Day, I mean, I know he was in all three movies, which you know, whatever. But he was never the main guy. I mean, Mace Windu was right. always a secondary character. You want to mm-hmm. tell me Phantom Menace? You know, Liam Neeson was kind of the main guy. Okay. Okay. He was lesser I, I, known then. He was. He was. You know. You know what got me? It took it. me years. It took me years to realize Kiara Knightley was in the first movie. She was the uh, stunt double for. Um, no, no, not the yeah. stunt double. She, she was, was the, 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 the yeah the, the decoy yeah. Yeah, the decoy. It took me years to realize that. <laughs> Sorry. Um, oh, oh no, that's fine. But yeah, it's like I I just think God, it pains me to use these words. He's too big of a star. Oh God. Oh God. Oh yeah, I, I agree there. I, I agree there. I don't think it would be a good fit for him comes, anyway. This is the big one. Here it comes. God damn it! Here goes. There goes my heart. <laughs> He's too big of a star. Oh, there it is. <laughs> damn, you're almost killed me to say that. <laughs> but. I I don't think I don't think it 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 works. I don't think it works. I I just don't. You know, I just don't. You know, unless he's gonna be in it and someone's gonna put a lightsaber through his chest, um, very quickly. I don't want to see that. Uh, at least you're honest. Yeah, All right how about, now. How about here, huh? <laughs> I mean, he, he probably would. So. All right. So. Uh, what I'm going to talk about first is uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about Wrestle Kingdom because I got some complaints about three days ago. Uh, some people were telling me it's been a while since I uh, gave an update on New Japan. So uh, very quickly, just going to go ahead and just uh, talk about what's going on with Wrestle Kingdom. All right. So earlier this year, actually not earlier this year, uh, well, yeah, earlier this year, at Wrestle Kingdom this year, um, they did say that they would be at the Tokyo Dome twice. But they were very ambiguous on, or well, they weren't ambiguous. They were vague, sort of like, okay, so like when they said they're going to be in Tokyo Dome twice, we first thought, all right, so they're going to be in Tokyo Dome next year, and then New Year's Dash will be the next day, also in the Tokyo Dome. No, so now it's confirmed that Wrestle Kingdom will be a two-night event, which is interesting because there have been whispers. And not not anything of significance, but every so often I do hear some stories that WrestleMania is, you know, they're considering perhaps maybe doing a, a two-night event for that, mainly because these shows are just getting so damn long, and they've been wondering, like, maybe splitting it, like, in day one, day two kind of thing. Um, so I do think that you know, this is really the first promotion you know, to kind of experiment. And New Japan is avoiding it because they're running – well, I guess with the main event theme, they're technically running two different types of things. But then you know what happens with that? Oh, why was so-and-so on day one? They should have been on day two. Oh, my God. I can't believe, you know, they opened day two. They should have made event the day one. It's, it's, it's a shit show waiting to happen. Right. Oh, yeah, now, I, I totally agree there. I, I wanted to ask you this, and I, I keep forgetting, but I'm glad you brought it up. 
with Russell. So now, when is New Year's Dash? New Year's Dash will be on January 6th. And January right, and then on January fifth, wow. uh, Pro Wrestling Noah will be in uh, Corrigan Hall, um, which is where they would normally have, where New Japan would normally have um, New Year's yeah. Dash, wow. and this is a big deal for Japan because uh, uh, J- Japanese folks, and again, I'm being respectful, they don't compete against each other. Like Noah does his own thing. New Japan does its own thing. Like they don't, they don't. Whatever show, whatever venues New Japan does shows in, Noah doesn't do shows there. Whatever shows Noah, whatever venues Noah does shows in, New Japan doesn't do shows here. So this is like the first time in many years where like Noah's basically like, okay, fuck you guys. You're not using this venue on January 5th. We'll fucking use it on January 5th. So that's interesting for Japan. Sports fans over there, you know, that, it, it, it's basically sort of like if uh, if it's it's like if Ring of Honor did a pay per view in Hammerstein and like it had like 200 people, and then Impact Wrestling's like, "Fuck you, we'll do a pay per view and get 500." You see, you see what I'm saying? Like, kind of like that. So, but um, they're going to be doing uh, a a, a two night event for Wrestle Kingdom, and basically the story here is what's going on is Okada has already he's already lost the title right he's they've already told the story of a champion losing and so what ghetto wants to do is he's like well we just can't have the champion lose we got to do something we've never done before and that's where this whole double champion thing started um the only person that really expressed interest to be a double champion was naito he said he wanted to be intercontinental and IWGP champion, and then Jay White was like, well, anything Naito can do, I can do better. And then Kota Ibushi, what he did, and I have to expect, I have to be specific here, Abushi said that he's going to challenge for the Intercontinental title regardless of what happens on January 4th. So it's like you yeah, got Naito, Abushi. pardon? I would have been, correct me if I'm wrong, Naito has always wanted this, but Abushi is kind of the one that kind of was the one to be like, all right, well, let's let's do something to try to make it happen. Is that right? Kind of- and the right, sort of. And then, and so the only person of the four, Okada, he's like, he, he's kind of like what what he's saying is kind of dickish, but it makes sense. So Okada, as far as he's concerned, kayfabe, he's like the only one of the four who doesn't really care about the Intercontinental title. As far as he's concerned, the only belt that matters is his, which is true. So, right. So Okada's pretty much like, you know, if you want me to wrestle for the Intercontinental title, whatever, but I'm not losing this belt, sort of. So it's really just kind of more of a... So what started as a race between Jay, Naito, and Ibushi to see which one of them can knock off Okada is now more of a race about not who beats Okada, but more so about... Who can get both belts first? Right. And since Okada is the only one of the four who doesn't care, I could sort of see him winning because <laughs> yeah. it makes sense. <laughs> I could sort of see him winning yeah. as a fuck you. Uh, and it would definitely get him over yeah, as a heel, I mean, even though he's a face. He's definitely going to beat Abushi because you definitely, I mean, you would tend to think, I know New Japan books a lot differently, but for me, I would tend to think a, an attractive story would be, well, wait a second, Okada's in this match. 
going for mm-hmm. a title technically, kayfabe-wise, whatever you want to call it, that he doesn't want. Right. You know? So, and, you know, so these are the options similar, right now. It's kind of but, similar, minus the heavyweight title, to, the, to an old Shane Douglas ECW storyline. What, what the right. story was, was that Douglas became the TV champion. But he didn't want to be TV champion. He wanted to beat Raven for the title. And he would do – it was also kind of when they were starting to turn Douglas heel um, after he had come back. And what they were doing was they were doing this thing where, like – you want to go night-night? Okay. Um, Douglas would, like, defend the title against insert random lower mid-card guys here. And he would totally – Buzz, buzz right And then finally one night, uh, who was it? Who the fuck was it? I think it was one of the pit bulls. But one of the, that old ECW taking the pit bulls challenged him. After he, you know, he beat whoever he beat and he cut this, um, you know, he cut a Shane Douglas promo, you know, fuck you, Dick Flair. And um, <laughs> he lost. He lost to the to the pitbull guy. So then Douglas, right. right after, cuts a promo. You don't know what you started. Blah blah blah. You don't know what's coming because you know what? Look at how look at how dominant I was. You know when I I'm paraphrasing when I didn't want the title. Now imagine what's going to happen. Now that I want it. You know, now that I want the title. So, I get, you know, that would be an interesting way for New Japan to go. Like, Okada could be like, oh, fuck this. You know, I don't need this. This is beneath me. But then, right. if he beats a Bushi, and I know this would be hard to do in 24 hours, but you could have Okada be like, uh, no, 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 no. Now I want to make history. You know, something along those lines like, now I want to be the one that makes history. You know, something like that. Like, mm-hmm. and then he goes like batshit crazy to try to win the IC title. The only, the only thing that would, to me, based off what I know, and you might be able to tell me better, would this kind of be a backward, back way? Fuck you to Naito. If Naito beats White, White's the IC champion, right? Yeah, he's the IC champ. So, okay, so I'm assuming it's Nido White at Wrestle Kingdom Day 1, right? Right, so how it's going to work is uh, Okada's fighting Ibushi in the main event of Night 1, and then Naito's fighting Jay White also in the semi-main so event then, of Night 1. And then the winners of those match fight the, the next night in the main event of Night 2. It is winner-take-all, and this is not a unification deal, so whoever wins... Right. Both titles you're, you're will still be active. Right. right. So, so does this become an an unintentional backwards screw you to Naito by having Naito beat White? Oh, no, no, no. It wouldn't be because Naito would then be world champion. Forget what I was going to say. I was going to say, like, if all oh, of Naito successfully defended I, against I, Okada. I think, I think what they'll do for a better story is I think Okada will beat Ibushi. That will suck for Ibushi fans. Is but like, I, I'm good with this. 
the fact that Okada's like, nah, I don't, you know, I don't want any part of this. I'm good, whatever. I can't be bothered with this. Unfortunately, totally tells me that he should beat Abushi because you want no fucks to give Okada in that match on the main pitch. event, right? Not to only mention, I, I want, I, I want, I want Abushi to lose because I'm not a fan. I've never been a fan of this. I'm not a fan of one day title reigns because there's no way Abushi's walking out with both the Intercontinental and the IWG. He's not there yet. You know, if 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 he wins, if he beats Okada, he's losing to whoever who, to either Jay or Naito, and I don't want him to have a one day reign. So I would rather Okada just beat him straight up. That way, if so Okada wins, other than Okada, right? And obviously that would mean Abushi's off the table. Between White and Naito, who would be the better bet to do it? I think it'll be Naito because it'll be a better story. Think, because Naito lost. Do you think they would finally pay off Naito? I think they'll pay off Naito because New Japan, I'll, I'll give Ghetto credit, whether this is just done on accident or maybe he knows what he's doing. New Japan has this thing with the number three um, where every time there's like a – when someone's trying to become the top star, it takes them three attempts to finally beat them. When Okada was trying to beat Tanahashi, Tana beat him twice, and then Okada beat him on the third time. When Omega okay. was trying to beat Okada, the first time he lost. The second time it was a draw. The third time in the G1, he beat him. And the fourth time at Dominion, Omega finally beat him. They, okay, they have this the third, thing. The, the third match yeah, the, being the, the G1 match counts right. as the third. Yeah. New Japan okay. has this thing with the number three. So with Naito, Naito's fought Okada uh, twice. Well, three times. Okay. And he, he, beat him in, he beat him in Invasion Attack to initially win the title. I think back in 2016, it was a very brief reign. It was like, it was like 30 days or whatever. Then Okada Ooh. won the belt right back from him. And then their third match was at Wrestle Kingdom the year before where Okada just beat him straight up. And so ever Nido's, since then... Naito's got a win over Okada for the title? That was when he was like a heel heel. Like, that was before any of the LIJ stuff even started. Like, he was a heel. And it was very brief. It was very... He didn't beat Okada clean. It, it, it was like... That was when Sonata debuted. Um, Evil and Bushi kept interfering. And then Sonata, who wasn't even part of the New Japan roster, he debuted and he attacked Okada. And he helped... Right, right. <laughs> that's that's fucking hilarious. Right, so I, I think I think Naito Okada will be the main event because it'll be a, a better story. So um, and Jay will be fine because you know Jay they're they're building on him. So um, yeah, but let me yeah, just go I, over I, quickly. I, let me just go over I, quickly. I, I was worried about White losing the title so quickly at MSG, but I think mm-hmm. they've done a good job. In reestablishing him, you know, you can. Well, he's one of the few. He's one of the few people today that gets legit heel heat. I would say him, uh, MJF, um, King Corbin. I'll call him King Corbin because he's, you know, he's King Corbin. 
There's probably some others, but those are the three that come to my head. Uh, Jay White, MJF, King Corgan. Um, uh, I guess Sammy. I'll give Sammy. I don't really watch Impact, but I know Sammy gives good heat. So there's a there's a few because the thing about about bad guys yeah, is Sammy's like to get the Sammy's starting to get the cool guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. More, yeah, that's the problem. Right, right. That's and that's the weakness. That's the weakness of uh, of uh, of the uh, and, and we'll we'll get into NXT soon. That's the weakness of the undisputed era is their heels, but they're like cool heels. And I've I've often referred to them like they're basically the indie NWO, which is not an insult because that's what it feels like. It feels like these Ring of Honor dudes taking over NXT. Like that's cool and. I know Vince McMahon doesn't like stuff like that, which is why I worry about them. But since NXT is its own TV show now, um, they'll just be there for the foreseeable future, and that's fine. Uh-huh. So, but um, um, but anyway, let me just go over quickly just the current card. It's not done yet because they're still setting it up. So uh, night one is uh, well, Okada Bushi, Naito, Jay White, uh, Will Ospreay will be defending the junior title against. Hiromu. So it's cool to see Hiromu and Daryl back. Um, I'm going to assume this is going to be uh, Osprey's swan song. It'll be a great match, and I'm assuming that Hiromu will beat him, and then that'll be it for Osprey. He'll be done with the junior weight stuff, and he'll move on permanently to a heavyweight. And then for and then th- those are the only matches confirmed for night one. They'll have more matches. Then for night two, uh, they've advertised Liger's final match, unfortunately, so that's going to be emotional. Uh, however, his opponent has not been named yet, but it will be his uh, final match. Uh, Tanahashi will fight Jericho, um, and that's sort of strange. Uh, as far as what, how this is going to work, um, first of all, they're, just, they're still calling him Chris Jericho. They're not calling him the pain maker. They're just calling him Chris Jericho. I'm assuming that he won't bring the AEW title with him, obviously, um, because when Moxley was part of AEW, he never brought the U.S. belt with him. Right. So, um, and Jericho, I mean, yeah, when he signed heard, with, yeah. with, yeah, right. They're, and, yeah, they're trying to, and New Japan's not gonna probably want that belt there. Right. And when Jericho first signed, uh, well, when he made a deal with New Japan, he wanted to work with uh, the Fantastic Four, which oh, was of yeah. course uh, Omega, Naito. Uh, Okada and Tanahashi, so uh, this is probably Jericho's swan song for New Japan as well. I mean, he could do more with them, but um, I, I think this is probably it for him for now because I don't really see anybody else um, that he could work with currently. Um, then, um, let's see, what else do they have here? They have, um, oh, yeah, I forgot. So, but, so the other cool thing they're doing. What was that? Moxley's supposed to be there. Right, right. I was about to mention that. So uh, Moxley is still pretty much going to be there. Um, I don't see why he wouldn't. Um, he was for D- he was at Dominion. He like basically like this is how it is for, for like with WWE. The four everyone talks about the big four, right? It's the Rumble, uh, Mania, um, SummerSlam, Survivor Series. Well, New Japan doesn't have the big four. It's got the big three. It's Dominion, G1, Wrestle Kingdom. So I, why would you work G1 and Dominion but not work Wrestle Kingdom? So I would imagine Moxley would want to work at least one Wrestle Kingdom, you know, just to put it on his, you know, resume of things I did in my career and stuff like that. So if I had to guess, my prediction would be they'll probably do a triple threat with Juice, Archer, 
and Moxley for the U.S. belt because Moxley was stripped of the belt. Uh, right. Juice was the former champion, and Archer is the current champion. So they'll probably do a triple threat probably night one because night one needs more matches. So this is a cool thing that New Japan is doing, and I would love to see WWE do this more. So um, and night two, the loser of the Okada, Obushi Naito, Jay White. So the losers of those matches will then fight each other in night two. And then the winner of that match gets the first shot at whoever will be the champion. You see what I'm saying? So if Ibushi loses to Okada and, and Jay White loses to Naito, then that means Ibushi fights Jay White. And then the winner of that match gets the next shot at whoever the world champion is. I think that's cool. Um, I like to see WWE do more of that because they do stuff like that often where, like, they'll have, like, four guys feuding and then, like, one person loses or two people lose and, like, that's it. They go down the card, you know, kind of like a consolation prize or something. So, um, and, of course, the uh, the junior titles, Ishimori and uh, El Phantasma will be defending against Rapongi 3K. That's cool. Personally, I think New Japan should just merge the junior and um, – and they should just merge their tag teams because their tag division is kind of weak. So, um, but the cars are still finalizing, and uh, there'll be more. From what I hear, night one is pretty much sold out. Night two uh, is about 25% full because none of these cars are finalized yet. So that's the New Japan update. So apologies to fans out there that said I wasn't, uh, you know, mentioning them. So, uh, all right, let me see what's else on my card here. Uh, what do I have here? Going down. All right, so next up on the card is uh, is is War Games. Um, or the war, I don't think the War Games card is finalized yet. Let me check my information. Uh, when is War Games? Next weekend. Next weekend. Okay. Let's see here. Going down to the matches. Okay, yeah, all right. So right now, War Games just has uh, three matches, uh, two War Games matches, and uh, Finn Balor versus Matt Riddle. So um, I, I, I imagine um, this will probably be the first takeover to have a cruiserweight title match. You know, give them some spotlight. Um, Angel Angel Garza and Leo had a good match on NXT TV this week. Kind of had an indecisive finish. Well, not indecisive. It was a uh, Garza had his foot on the rope, and the ref didn't see it. So, um, so I, I can see the cruiserweights on the takeover. Um, well, all the champions are going to be in the War Games match. So, oh, I know they'll probably do it. Oh, okay, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I think you were just going to say the same thing. Maybe Dunn, Priest, and Dane. Right, right, right. Yeah, and a triple threat, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, they could they could do that. They could do that. So so this will be uh the first takeover uh post NXT on T V. So I, I consider this with all respect to the previous takeovers. Uh as far as I'm concerned, this takeover is like basically a reboot of uh you know, 'cause 'cause now this is the first takeover with NXT being on television. So more eyes will be on this particular takeover. At least I'd like to I would like to hope so. So, um, I appreciate War Games for the old school mentality of it. It's cool. Uh, this year, though, 
I, I will admit it, it does seem kind of kind of just there. I don't really see why these matches are happening. Uh, I guess you got to have something. So it's not more bad. so the it's women's match. You know what actually but, hurts it? You know what actually hurts it? The problem is a lot of these guys are going to end up teaming together the next night at Survivor Series. That's what takes away. Yeah. Because yeah. it's probably going to be, if I had a guess, it's probably going to be Cole. It's probably going to be Champa. It's probably going to be Lee or Riddle. And who knows who else on the t- Team NXT. It's going to be, I mean, take your pick, every woman except Shayna mixed up together for the NXT women's team. So it's like, that's what takes away from it is like, you know, the, you know, especially in the case of like Cole and Ciampa, you're going to have Cole and Ciampa camp- captaining teams going into war games. And then 24 hours later, and I understand, you could tell the story of, you know, it's all for the brand and all that stuff, but it's just going to be an awkward thing to try to sell that, you know, Oh, by the well, way, the, the match that the match that really lo- the match that really loses me, and uh, you know, is the the female war games. Um, I'm all about female empowerment. This match makes no sense to me. First of all, all of these girls want to be champion. Yeah, so, that's what so uh, you know all what of them. So, like, he, if you wanted to do war games for the women, it should have been. Shane is defending against everybody. Yeah. So, EO and, and Bianca. Everyone was telling Right. You know, everyone was, you know, oh, I want to be champion. Oh, you, fuck you. You're not going to be champion. I'm going to be champion. And they were building towards these series of matches that, okay, Ripley would face this one, and Ripley would win. So, okay, so we're obviously headed to low Ripley to see who's going to be the number one contender. And they might still get there, but you had that story. So I'm, I'm, st- I'm still learning. I'm, I'm still learning these girls, and I had to rewind. Uh, not NXT this week, NXT last week. Uh, there was, like, a big brawl, like, of all the girls, and I had to yeah. rewind twice to make sure that I, I wasn't seeing things. And I'm very certain – that Io Shirai and Bianca Belair, who are on Shayna's team, were during this brawl, they were beating up Shayna's buddies. And I was like, aren't you no, guys on the same team? Io, no, uh, Bianca was. Bianca was definitely beating up one of Shayna's friends. I don't know the other two girls' names. I, I still haven't learned them. I apologize. That might have just been not knowing your spot then. I guess. And, like... Last on NXT this week, like I, I really enjoyed NXT TV this week. Um, uh, shout outs to, to Mia for toughing it up after that really bad ladder spot. But man, like this 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 spot right here, like I'm sorry, dude. Like you you have Kaylee Ray come out. This person has not been on NXT once since they started TV, and. This just—if you watch NXT, if you watch the W, if you if if you watch everything, clearly you know who Kay Lee Ray is. But when she came out, like the reaction was very quiet, because a lot of people there 
genuinely didn't know who she was. I went on social media, and I was on Twitter after NXT was over, and I saw so many fans say, who the hell is Kaylee Ray? Now, for you me, know I knew who she... You know what the other problem okay. with it was? And I get the whole look over here, not at what this hand's doing. That was all pointing, even last week, and it still might happen. Everything was pointing to Kai turning and maybe being the last member of Shane's team. So when Kai, I guess they got Shane, cold feet. Either that, you know, because and then when Kylie Ray came out, it was still a part of before she actually got in the ring. It was like, okay, does she want a piece of Shayna being the other champion? Like, what's going on? And then obviously it became clear what she was doing. Right. You know, right. and then of course, you know, on the you know social media, they did a promo with Shayna, and Shayna explained to Shayna's credit. They made her explain it perfectly. She's like, well, why wouldn't I want another champion on my side? That makes a million percent sense. It does. You know. It's just it's they've, never, they've never introduced her on, on NXT television right. at any point. I mean, as, as it turns out for me. But, again, you're right. banking on people watching NXT UK. You can't do right, that. Right, that's the problem. Right, right, and and that's that's the issue. Right, that's the issue AEW and NXT are doing. You can't accuse, you can't assume everybody watches BTE or the Road to whatever to know mm-hmm. who this guy or that guy is. You have to if you're gonna bring whoever it is into a predominant role, you gotta do something. Have her come out. <laughs> fuck it, even early in the night, have her come out and do a quick squash match. At least, right? So, like AEW, but at least you got AEW assumes that you watch Being the Elite. AEW assumes you watch Being the Elite and the Road Two shows. And to their credit, I've noticed they've toned down on the Road Two stuff. They still keep up with Being the Elite, but the Road Two stuff has stopped. And NXT, now that it's on USA, they're assuming that you watch NXT, NXT UK, 205 Live, and you follow the WWE PC YouTube, which I did recently start doing. I've seen some of those videos, but that's a lot yeah. of stuff to follow. Just to, I mean, that that's is. a lot of stuff to follow. <laughs> NXT UK, that's one hour. 205 Live, that's one hour. The, the WWE PC stuff, that's fine. You know, you can go through YouTube highlights and stuff. <laughs> right, and I, I go through it when I have spare time. At least put the PC stuff on YouTube. It's not that you have to watch it, you know, Wednesday right. at 2 o'clock, whatever. You could sit down and be like, oh, I got a half hour to kill. Let me go on YouTube and let me see what they've uploaded right. with the, you know, the PC stuff. But, it's, you're, but you're 100% right. Is I don't want to work that hard as a fan for mm-hmm. both companies. I don't want to right. you know, I don't want you know. I, I, I don't. I, maybe it's just me, I, but I don't want to have to work. No, no, no. It's, it's not just you. And that's what I'm the most worried about when NXT goes on the road because, obviously, they're going to be in full sale <laughs> for the rest of the year. So full sale is a very hardcore audience, and they they know who most of the people are. But when they start traveling, you know. Yeah, but you know what? The one thing NXT is doing, which is semi-smart, and – I'll give AEW a, a few more weeks to see if they get back to it. They kind of did this week. I understand leading into full gear, you kind of had to focus on 
what you were presenting on the pay-per-view, because I feel like they got away from, you know, guys that were being, you know, featured so predominantly. Is NXT, is while they're giving you the Undisputed Era Champa stuff, they're giving you the Balor stuff, they're giving you, I mean, heck, all the women through this storyline are at least getting some major, major, you know, you're getting to know who they are. Mm-hmm. Giving also one other spot, like that Bronson Reed dude has been on TV three straight weeks. He um, needs a promo. He needs a promo desperately because clearly he knows how to work. I just don't know who yeah. he is. Strickland, what do they call him, Swerve Scott, has been on everything 205 Live. Right. And he, he was even in the ring during that promo that NXT Triple H promo on the SmackDown. So at least they're getting you, you know, they're giving you some of these other guys in doses. So now in January or February, when they head to, you know, Phoenix, Arizona, you know who Bronson Reed is. You know who Isaiah Scott Swerve is. You know, you know, you know, what's up with Tegan Knox or, you know, like, you know, what's up with Aaliyah? They're getting, they're at least doing it. Like I said, I understand heading into full gear, AEW, especially those last couple of weeks of TV, were pretty much just focused on everything that was happening at full gear, okay? Mm-hmm. You know, but they need to, you know, and I, I guess you could say the Jungle Express, the Lucha Express thing was a part of it, and the fact that they're putting Kip Saban with Penelope Ford now, and Darby popped back up this week. But they need to also get back to that one or two matches a night on their shows where, oh, you haven't seen Brandon Cutler in two weeks. Here's Brandon Cutler now tonight. Or you haven't seen this one in, you know, a month. Here's this one now. They got to get back to that too because, you know, they're, you know, they're both facing that problem of, Eventually, you're going to bring people out, and people are just going to be like, who, what, why, you know, oh, you right. didn't watch the last four BTEs? No, I didn't. <laughs> you know, like, like that's what both of them have to work on. You know, like I said, I can understand if you want to tell me AEW was in literally full gear mode, I'll give you, I'll take that. Show me that change over the next two, three weeks and start sprinkling these people back in. And I'll say, all right, you know what? I get it. You were in full pay-per-view mode. NXT is actually doing a little bit of a better job with that because even if it's in a small dose, you're getting these guys. You know, all that has been on TV three straight weeks. Speaking of, a, of, a, of AEW, um, I want to talk a little bit about Dynamite from, from this week. I thought that uh, this week's Dynamite was the best episode they've done so far, and it reminded me very much of Raw and Nitro and 98 and 99, especially that first hour. Moxley has a match. Moxley wins the match cuts a promo. Darby Allen has a match, wins the match, cuts a promo. Um, uh, Allie comes out, 
They're introducing Allie because Allie was on, on AEW Dark, but it hasn't been on Dynamite often. She's cutting a promo, and then you have Awesome Kong coming out. It reminded me a lot of Raw and Nitro because those Raws, and especially like Raw in 99, because like one, one, right. Especially during that period was really good at that. Like they would give, exactly. Right. Like you would get the equivalent of the Moxley match and the Darby match, which, okay, that's obviously building towards Moxley Darby. Then you would get the, right. okay, we're starting something new, which would be Kong and Brand, Brand, Brandy, which we'll get to in a minute. We'll bring that out, you know, and then we'll end the hour. Oh, no, you had the Lucha Express was, I think, during that first hour, right? That was. Right, and then. And then the other thing they did too, and this was this and was then, like this was really yeah, old school. I know a, a lot of folks. Right, and then this was uh, another thing they did that I loved, and um, uh, this was a very, very, very small thing, and I I love the fact that they did this because WCW did this a lot, and ECW did this a lot, and WWF used to do this. So Cody, he gets jumped by MJF. And Jericho, and then eventually Wardlow debuts, and he beats up Cody. And so it's like you're watching that, and you're like, wait a minute, where's the Young Bucks? Where's the Elite? Then they, they go to commercial. Then the next segment you see is the Young Bucks fighting um, Pride and Powerful backstage. So many times in wrestling promotions, you see like a face get jumped. Then while he's getting jumped, you're like, where are his friends? How come his friends didn't save him? And then it's like, oh. The Young Bucks couldn't save them because they were getting their asses kicked by Tito, um, by Ortiz and Santana. And I thought that was really good um, storytelling there, you know. But I just really liked the fact that it was like quick matches. Um, you know, they didn't have to do any crazy five-star matches because they just came off a pay-per-view. Was it? And I'll, after, I'll, 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 and it, I'll tell you exactly what it was. In ring-wise, it wasn't their best show. But story and development wise, yeah, it was probably it was probably their best. It's what a go. It's what an after pay per view show should be. Like even even Impact would do that. Like back in the days when like more folks watched Impact. Like you know before Hogan and Bischoff. Now, even after Hogan and Bischoff came in. Here's the only thing I want to see what AEW does. AEW does not have another pay per view lined up, I think, in, I mean, it could change, but as if you look at what's been the schedule, they're not up until Labor, I mean, Memorial Day, and I know Tony said they're working on something right. for the first quarter of 2020. Yeah, so here's where the they're going for. Quarter. They're, they're aiming for the uh, big four. They're, they're trying to go for the traditional quarter, pay-per-view schedule. They want to have a pay-per-view per time of year. Yeah, but you got to remember, Chris, too, as much as the first quarter could be January, the first quarter could also be March. You know, so, I think they're going to aim for February. No, but, but even still, okay, that's a lot of TV in between. So now, do you do Jericho Scorpio Sky on TV? You know, yeah, you do that on TV. You not not immediately, but what you do, you right. do that. You do that. You do you do Scorpio Jericho. I would save that for New Year's Day, Dynamite. Give a big match. 
you know, because at some point you got to do a TV title match. Well, not the actual TV title, but you got to do a world title match on TV. And Scorpio's great, but Scorpio's not there yet. Like he's not at what the I point where do, he can main event. Know what I would do? And it won't hurt these guys to do it. I'd have Jericho go over Daniels and Kazarian, and then build yeah. to the and then build to the Sky match. I mean, right. Scorpio's right. not beating Jericho, but. You know, you could have Jericho work with Daniels and Kazarian, and then you could, what you'll call it, you know, have both of those matches end with Jericho obviously going over and Scorpio, like, chasing off Jericho to end those, I guess, end those shows, whatever. And, you know, that's how you make Scorpio come off like a really credible not that he's not, but let's be honest. When right. you think world title, you think Scorpio Sky. Unfortunately, you don't. But the way you can get him there is if you have him standing tall against Jericho, you know, you could, you know, that helps build him. And then what you could do the week before you do that, you know what? Yeah, but you know what's weird? How is Jericho doing day two of Wrestle Kingdom going to affect that schedule? Because that show is on the first. And that show, and then the next show is on the eighth. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. Of, I mean, I'm sure Jericho would do it. They'll have That's to do some of. type of story thing, like um, what was the thing TNA used to always do? Uh, I forgot. It's been so long. Every time, oh, I, who was it? Oh yeah, every time TNA went to um, this was back during Jeff's. Uh, well, I, I hope Jeff gets better. But this was back during uh, the initial period where Jeff wasn't doing well. Every time TNA went to the United Kingdom, they would do some angle, like, where Jeff would get attacked. You know what I mean? Because he, he couldn't go to the U.K., remember? Didn't he, like, have his rights, like, taken away from him, like, in real life the or something? Is, you know? The problem is that works when you're a face. I mean, I guess you could have Jericho be like, I'm on vacation from the holidays, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Or he, or he could get suspended. He could do something like kill us. I don't know. You know, they got time to figure it out. So, yeah. um, and they don't, they don't, they don't, they have not outright mentioned New Japan, but they've referenced it. Like when Omega was doing his promo against Moxley, Omega was like, uh, "What did he say?" Oh yeah, he said, "I heard you went to Japan to learn stuff about me," which was a reference to him being in G1. But he didn't actually yeah. say New Japan. So, like. So and they they referenced it just not directly. Like, oh, the tournament you lost, I won in my first try right. or something. Like he he referenced Moxley being in the G one without actually saying the G, like you knew what he was talking about. He just didn't say like what you knew he was talking about, which is weird. But um, but yeah. All right, so I got the uh, Survivor Series card in front of me, which is. I'm sorry, what are you saying? Yeah, I was going to say, like, he kind of, he indirectly referenced it without saying he went to New Japan and lost to the G1, you know? Right. Um, yeah. So uh, now I've got the uh, Survivor Series card in front of me, which is uh, really is weird good. and bizarre. I'm sorry. Survivor Series uh, is really good. I don't want to hear I'm it. Not, I'm not a fan of triple threat everything. That's just tacky. And lazy. They did a fatal four-way pay-per-view, and that didn't do too hot, honestly. So, um, 
I'm, I'm not doubting the matches won't be good. Yeah, I'm just not a fan of three-way everything. These are not these are not Baron Corbin versus Braun Strowman versus Killian Dane. These matches potentially that are going to be the triple threat, that are going to be triple threat matches, all on paper are going to just be solid. I mean, you know, I remember that Fatal 4 pay-per-view because it was in Long Island. And that match, that that show was a disaster because the matches weren't good. These matches are going to be good. Like, AJ Roddy and Nakamura. I don't know about that. I think Roddy will do what he can, but I've uh, lowered my expectations for Naka, Nak- Nakamura and AJ. Um, no offense to them because I love them both. Um, you know I think I the tag do? match will be great. Match, and you're 100% right, but... If you let that match open and gave it about 22 minutes, that match is awesome. If that match is mid-show and it's like 12, that match is is garbage. All right, so let's go to this card, actually. So uh, we just mentioned this one. So AJ, who's the U.S. champion against Shinsuke, who's the Intercontinental champion, and Roddy, who is the uh, North American champion. Um, another three-way with the tag championships. Uh, War Machine, who are the Raw tag champions against the New Day, who are the SmackDown tag champions against the Undisputed Era, who are the uh, NXT tag team champions. Uh, this match is a little a little tacky, clash of styles, but I'm sure they'll make it work. Uh, the triple threat I have the least amount of confidence in is the woman's triple threat. Uh, Becky versus Bailey versus Shayna. Uh, Bailey, the Raw Women's Champion. Uh, I'm sorry. Raw, Becky's the Raw Women's Champion. Bailey's the SmackDown Women's Champion. Shayna is the uh, NXT Women's Champion. Um, I, I don't have much faith for this match. No, mainly you know because. What? You know what I want out of that match? I want storyline development. I want Asuka to cost Becky. Okay, and I also want. You're giving them too much. You're giving them too much credit, John. They don't know what they're doing with Oscar. They've never known what they're doing with her. I didn't know they were going to do it. I'm telling you what I want out of it. I want Oscar to cross Becky, and I want the promos from Becky to still continue to tease Sheena about Ronda because, from what I've heard, and it's been no secret, but Ronda's probably back in January. Well, I'm not a fan of these. Uh, uh, like, like we we talked about it a few weeks ago, you know, when you were here and and KME was here, and it's something that they they need to get on is that, you know, they've done a great job building these girls, but as we've said, a lot of their top girls have submission finishers, and when they when they're fighting people lower on the card they make them tap out but then when they fight each other it's always a fuck finish and it's stupid cuz as we said in the 90s and 2000s like faces used to tap out all the time and they have gone out of their way to protect Becky and Charlotte and all, none of the top girls tap out at some point if you're doing Becky versus Shayna or if you're doing Becky versus Ronda, or if you're doing Asuka versus Becky, if you're doing a 1v1, someone's got to tap out to somebody. 
And that was the main issue. I knew going in at WrestleMania, I was like, well, they're not going to tap out Ronda because she's from MMA. They're not going to tap out Charlotte because she's Flair's daughter. They're not going to tap out Becky because she's the man. So I knew regardless of who was going to win, it was going to be a fuck finish or one of those fluke roll-ups. And that's what we got, a fluke roll-up. And Becky and Charlotte had how many matches? They had a lot of matches when, like, I'm talking, like, when Becky first turned, you know, like, when they were trading the belt back and forth. And all the matches they had, not one time did a match end with Becky making Charlotte tap or Charlotte making Becky tap. You would think that one of them would have made the other tap by now, and they haven't. And you would think that Asuka would have one victory over Charlotte at this point. Still doesn't. Because well, they I just mean, feel like yeah, protecting you know her. You're, not, you're probably not getting Oscar Sh- Becky until December or January. And I said this. The, I actually said this the other day. That if you're going to do this with with Becky and Oscar, you have to give Oscar that victory over Charlotte. It has to happen. And she needs to tap or her out. Like not, is, not a, or this Oscar thing is worthless. Right. And when she beats Charlotte, she's got to make her tap out. Not a kick to the head, not miss to the face. I mean, you can do all that, but she's got to put her in the Oscar lock, and Charlotte's got to tap clean. Uh, They have unnecessarily, really unnecessarily, they've really, really, really needlessly overprotected Charlotte for no reason. She really, really needs to tap out to somebody. It's, It's like I'm all about building people, but... That's my biggest issue with this women's division. So that's why I'm not really excited for this for this triple threat women's match because I see Becky's got a submission, I see Shayna's got a submission, and that just makes Bailey come off like a sore thumb because Bailey's the only one that doesn't have a submission. I'm thinking they're gonna fuck over Bailey. She's gonna either take a tap out or maybe Sasha can help her since Bailey's a heel now. Who knows? So um, Shayna is a heel, right? I, yeah, I think Bailey's gonna gonna. I actually think Bailey's gonna win this. Um, I could, but you're right. She's gonna backdoor it somehow. Either, you know, mm-hmm. like I said, if Asuka shows up and miss Becky, you know, hits Becky with the miss, then Bailey's gonna roll her up. You know, right? Um, I I do think they'll protect Shayna no matter what way they go. Um, you know, I I do think they'll protect Shayna. Um, I think, yeah, it's probably going to come down to Becky either rolling up Bailey or, unfortunately, Bailey tapping out to Becky. But I think either way, Shayna will be okay. Um, Like I said, I'm looking – I'm not looking for this match to be, oh, my God, it revolutionized women again. I just – give me more development in the Oscar story. Keep giving me – Becca, Becky teasing, you know, Shayna about Rhonda and keep, you know, you know, keeping Rhonda fresh so when she does come back, it could be like, yeah, you, you know, you ran your mouth a lot, you know, now I'm here. Because I, I thought that face-to-face promo two weeks ago, I thought that was pretty good. I'm going to be honest with you. I thought that was, I thought that was pretty good between Shayna and Becky. But again, it was the first time in a while that Becky name dropped Ronda, you know. So, I mean, I would tend to think, especially like this, is Torpic 
keep coming back as soon as January, that you would kind of use the Shayna interaction to pave the way for Ronda to come back. All right, so we got that match, and then we have uh, a WWE Championship match, Brock Lesnar against uh, Ray Ray. Uh, we have uh, a women's five-on-five-on-five on five on five, uh, elimination match. I don't really care about this one. Uh, Team Raw, no one's been announced yet. Team SmackDown, Sasha, Car- Carmella, Dana, Lacey, and To Be Announced versus... Team NXT, which is to be announced. So more on that later. There's really nothing to discuss. Uh, then we got a five-on-five-on-five, another one. Uh, we got Team Raw, Rollins, McIntyre, Owens, Orton, Ricochet against Team SmackDown, Roman, uh, Ali, Strowman, King Corbin, Chad Gable against Team NXT, which, of course, uh, no one's been confirmed for that one. As of right now, there is no universal title match confirmed, but we might. Uh, I think this this card has too much already. I would I would do Brian the Fiend at TLC, or maybe even save it for Rumble. I don't really think Bray's needed, but um, they could always do a Firefly Funhouse or something, you know. So um, those are just yeah, six matches. Those are the matches they have so far. Do a Firefly Funhouse. Save Brian. Wyatt for TLC. The the other thing um, I heard this week talking to talking to my buddy at Boston Open is don't sleep on the idea of Ray beating Brock. So you think they might go that far? I was told do not sleep on that idea that you know they would want to get the title back on TV and you could do. There's matches you could do with Ray. You know, Ray doesn't have to be a long-term champion. You could do Ray AJ. You could do Ray Rollins. You could do Ray, you know, whoever. And, yeah, I was told it's not at all anywhere near, you know, confirmed or even, you know, seriously being discussed about. But I was told don't be surprised if Ray pulls the upset. Because there's a couple of different ideas for Brock at Mania. Obviously, him going in there and defending the title against somebody is one of them. But there's also doing um, Brock and and Kane the right way. You know, the way they think they could do it with what Kane, when he's healthy, is able to do. And one way you could get there is have Velasquez show up at Survivor Series and help Ray take the title from from Brock. So I it's it's not definite but it's not as there's no way that it's not happening. It's it could be on the table for Ray to win. Well some other news as well. Uh uh Gargano has some type of undisclosed neck injury, so unfortunately he won't be uh, involved in any of this. And uh, Velveteen Dream also is still on on the bench. I don't exactly know what his injury is, but um, uh, that's unfortunate. I actually think he's going to be the 10th guy at um, in... What what, what was his injury? I think it was his back, but I think he's going to be on Ciampa's team. I think he's going to be the guy on Ciampa's team. For war games. Okay. No, that'd be cool. So, um, uh, I have right here in my notes uh, just uh, the history of Survivor Series. So, 
although I'm not necessarily a fan of three-way everything, um, if this NXT stuff is what it takes for casuals to, you know, be excited for a Survivor Series, then I'll, I'll guess I'll take it. Growing up as a kid, Survivor Series was actually my favorite uh, WWF pay-per-view. Um, I just always loved the team concept. Uh, I love uh, just different people who you wouldn't normally see teaming up, teaming up. And Survivor Series, I think what's lost the most with new generation people, and this is really something that happened like really starting from the 2010s, is that um, Survivor Series, just like WrestleMania, just like how people made their name at WrestleMania and people made their name at the Royal Rumble, People made their name at Survivor Series. You you could make stars at Survivor Series, and they did it all the time. They just kind of stopped doing it. So, you know. Yep, I I agree with you a thousand percent. I used to love Survivor Series as as you know, it was one of my favorite pay per views. You know, I really like the whole who's it gonna be concept too. You know, like you know, you kind of had an idea based on the feud. Okay. You know, Hogan's going to captain a team. Warrior's going to captain a team. And then who's going to be that third guy to captain a team? Would they do Piper or would they do Duggan or would they do whoever? And I I enjoyed that. I I, I really did. I, I missed that. You know, everybody's got that one show that they've seen uh, a thousand times where they know everything from beginning to end. And uh, my first WWF pay-per-view on VHS tape was Survivor Series 96, which I've told you and Nate about. I have everything about that show memorized. Oh, yeah, that's, you you guys were booing the hell out of HBK in the main event. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was funny, man. Psycho Sid could have, like, pulled out a knife and he could have stabbed Jose Lothario and you guys would have still cheered. Well, basically, he would have had a heart attack and we cheered endlessly. <laughs> you guys are vicious. So, yep. all right. Uh, last, uh, this is the last topic I have for discussion. And I actually forgot to add this in initially, so I had to um, I had to edit it and uh, in later. And I totally, I don't know how I forgot about it. Um, the the CM Punk thing. So the CM Punk was just kind of a kind of a sucker punch that just kind of came uh, out of nowhere. So I kind of forgot to add it in, and I was like, oh yeah, I should probably add that in. So um, I'll just talk very briefly about Punk because I don't really have anything to to say because most folks really know my thoughts already. And then I'll let you close and give your thoughts about Punk. Um, well, obviously, what I know is that Tony Khan from AEW. You know, there were some conversations where he talked to Punk. And, you know, Punk had conversations with the people. And basically, uh, as CM Punk said it himself, um, WWE has a lot of YouTube stuff now. So there's regular WWE YouTube, there's NXT YouTube, there's WWE PC YouTube, and now there's WWE on Fox YouTube. I recommend checking out the WWE on Fox YouTube. It has a lot of backstage stuff. So um, the CM Punk thing is on the WWE on Fox YouTube. But it's not on the regular WWE YouTube. They really should just merge all this into one account for convenience sake. But until they do so, uh, just follow all of them and uh, click the subscribe and the little bell thing. So, like, when they upload a new video, you get a notification about it. And I, I, I just learned about this, like, last month. And now it's like, oh, okay, this is how people keep up. So CM Punk broke it down in a way that made sense. And the way Punk talked about it, it did make sense. 
So he was just saying like how, you know, Fox has, um, you know, for their numerous talk shows, they have people that talk about basketball, people that talk about boxing, and th- there's a representative of, of each sport. And Fox was just looking for a representative for WWE to represent Fox. And in their mind, they thought that CM Punk would be a good fit because he's a name that a wrestling fan would know. And because he tried out the MMA thing, he's a name that an MMA fan would also know. So I was like, you know, makes sense. But the one thing that Punk said that he kept putting emphasis on, and this is the one thing that I'm really going to drive home, is Punk really put home the analyst part. He really kept talking about how he did not have anything against being an analyst or commentator, and he he that's something that he would enjoy. And, and, and I just Carl, coming in. Oh, right, right, the soda. Somebody spills the soda. Right, the soda. That's funny because that's actually how the John Cena feud started over the spilled diet soda. I remember that. That was great. But uh, but punk, but punk kept putting emphasis on the uh, on on the soda stuff. I mean, on on the uh, on the uh, analyst stuff. And um and you know we joked about this. You know back when Aries was still with WWE. When when 205 first started, you know, it wasn't looking good. It was just kind of there. Fans weren't reacting to it. And we both agreed that for the brief time that Aries was doing commentator, he actually got some of the dudes over. Like, he got Tony Nieces over. I remember people used to have yep. Tony Nieces abs signs because – because Aries joked about his about his abs, and I was like, Aries was actually um, adding the personality uh, to to these people who a lot of casuals didn't know. And sometimes a, a guy like an Aries or a guy like a Samoa Joe or a guy like a CM Punk, like when they truly retire and hang it up, I think that they would do really well as like commentators or like uh, backstage interviewers or like. Even a GM figure. So as far as my personal opinion on CM Punk, I've said it before. As far as in-ring is concerned, I'm just going to be totally honest, and this isn't like a negative against Punk. From an in-ring perspective, I really have no interest seeing him in the ring. And it's nothing against Punk per se. It's because WWE, as it currently is, the in-ring is not the problem. They have the best roster in the world. This is the best roster they've ever had. All the guys they have can work. The end ring isn't the problem. The problem they have now is no one's over. There's hardly any characters. Most of them don't have any personality. I don't miss CM Punk as an in-ring performer. I do miss his promos. I miss his character. And I do think that him being there can help others. I, I do think that Punk, his influence just simply existing there um, – and I'm not trying to, you know, turn this into an anti-Seth thing. If Seth Rollins had not even, not even, a, not even like 50%. If Seth Rollins had 25% of CM Punk's charisma, he would be like totally fine right now. You know, he's coming out each week. He's cutting promos, and it's like no one cares, man. No one cares. Like I miss Punk's character. I miss his promos, and I know that fans just are salivating at him getting in the ring, and I understand that, but, like, as a fan, 
I actually think, and I'm in the minority, and, and I know people are going to be like, you're out of your mind, Toph, and I understand, you know, because of CM Punk, and at some point he's probably going to have to do a, a match of some kind, and I understand that. But I think that CM Punk currently, as WWE is, I think he can contribute more as an analyst and as a commentator. Because from what I understand, he answers to Fox. And since he answers to Fox, I'm sure Punk can't say anything, you know. They've got to give him some leeway, I imagine. But more or less, they're going to give Punk creative control to basically just tell it how it is. And I really think that he could help a guy like a Chad Gable like a Rusev, like a Seth Rollins, like a Drew McIntyre. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm looking at so many people on the roster now. Guys like Bray Wyatt, Bray's fine. Uh, Kevin Owens, he's fine. You know, I think Roman, he could be better, but I think Roman is okay at this point. I think, I think the storm for Roman is over. I think we're over the whole like Roman Reigns can die thing. So I, I think Roman's fine, but. You know, I'm I'm just I'm just thinking like I know you don't like him. I'm thinking of like The Rock and Hurricane. You know, like just the little stuff The Rock did before he retired the first time. You know, like the stuff of Hurricane, the stuff of Christian. You know, that gave Hurricane a rub. It, it gave Christian a rub. You know, he helped them get over. That's how I foresee Punk. But anyway, that's how I feel about it. So uh, I'm gonna go ahead and let John finish because I know you have more to say about Punk yeah, than I do. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you're 100% right. Like, if you, you know, what I want to see is let's say there's something people crap on, right? Um, you know, let's say, I, I, I don't know, let, let's use Corbin. And I'm not saying Punk's going to go out and, you know, defend Corbin. But let's just say, let's say Tuesday night, they ask CM Punk, who do you think the best heel in the company is right now? And Punk turned around and said, I love what Baron Corbin's doing. I think that holds value. And I think if, you know, I think you'll get a guy like Corbin, it will, it will stop being go away heat. And I think you'll get people to a point where they'll be like, wow, you know what Punk said, you know, look at what this guy does that Punk said. Or I'll give you one better. Let's say Punk puts over the Lashley Rusev storyline. You know, mm. that change people's mentality of it you know you know who knows you know or let's say there's a face that's struck let, let's do it one better let's say punk goes out and defends Rollins, and he says you know the guy's out there he's trying to do everything sure he said some stupid stuff on twitter but haven't we all but you know the guy's out there he's busting his ass he's probably the best guy in the company if not you know in the industry right now does that change the way now people look at Rollins? as far as the in-ring goes Listen, you know, you got to crawl before you can walk. And the fact that Punk is even doing this, and yes, it's through Fox, but there is one thing, say what you will about the old man. He's the master of using like a third party to get in your head. He does it. He's done it almost every year with that video game. You know, it got, you know, it got Warrior back. It got Goldberg back. It was, the stage was set for Savage to come back, you know, because mm. he was, you know, everyone forgets, you know, Savage. Well, well Vince, Vince, is not, Vince is not the problem. Punk, and to all the listeners out there, Punk and Vince are still on good terms. 
They were that was never the problem. We all know what the problem is. The problem is punk Triple H, punk Stephanie. And at some point a conversation is gonna be had and they're gonna to have to shake hands, hug it out, you know, whatever. You know, and when that time comes, is punk gonna be cool? Is Triple H gonna be cool? Is Stephanie gonna be cool? Are all three of them just gonna drop it and move on? And I can't confidently say that's going to happen. That's the issue here. But Vince and Punk, they're, they're chill. The scenario, to be honest with you, is Stephanie. Yeah. Stephanie's the one that worries Steph- me the most. I could see, I could see Triple H. Triple H, you know, he's had guys that he was never really big fans of, but once he's turned into this, you know, corporate Triple H. Triple H is another one who could put, you know, some things aside for business. And I, I think I think Hunter could do it. I mean, Hunter's done some interviews, and, you know, since this initial thing of, you know, Punk maybe working for Fox, whatever came up. I mean, Triple H never said anything negative about it. You know, well, you know how I feel again. about it. You know how I feel about Triple H, and I've joked around with it to you and Todd and Jay. Yeah, but the the problem's going to be in the scenario you laid out, I think it's going to be Stephanie. I think Stephanie's going to be the one that I can't put – I mean, could Triple H and Vince kind of pressure her into doing so? I don't know. Yeah. And and I've and I've joked about it, you know, with you and and Todd and Jay, and obviously, you know, I'm not married, but I have had girlfriends, and I know what it's like to be in a relationship with someone, and you know, you 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 know, I, I go and pick up my girlfriend from work, and we're driving, and you know, she's just ranting about her day and this guy at her job that she doesn't like, and you know, that's your girlfriend. So a lot of times, if your girlfriend, your fiance, or if your wife doesn't like someone by extension because you're with them you can't like them either <laughs> because if you like them right. then right. your but girlfriend wife fiance is going to give you shit what yeah. happens you know when, what happens when okay i didn't like them because my wife didn't like them well now i like them and oh by the way my wife's dad likes him listen can we just get you on board you know you don't have to right you know Take a picture hugging each other, but just get on board. And, and I personally think, I personally think the main reason why Stephanie hates Punk so much is because Punk, and I've said before, like because Stephanie is petty. She's very petty. Punk is the only person that that's right, right. Punk's the only person that consistently got the last word. Yeah, ever. And she and that pissed her off. And and we saw it and we saw it with other people, you know, rest in peace when when Dusty was still here with us and when they were doing the Rhodes family versus the authority thing where he was you know, he was it was Triple H and, and Dusty right and, and he put his face in, in front of Stephanie's face and Stephanie got upset. Like she wasn't willing to humble herself because that that segment wasn't about Stephanie because Dusty was talking directly to Triple H and then Stephanie just kind of interjected herself and you know and Sting Sting was cool Sting did it the best um, for the brief period that Sting was there where Stephanie tried to slap him and then Sting just Sting ended up paying the ultimate price though 
Right, but at least Stephanie didn't get one on him. You know what I mean? I'm just using those as an example to show that, yeah. like, I on her because if you go on her Twitter, she says I play a bad character. I play a bad guy on TV. Like that's cool. So she's aware that she plays a bad character, but it's like she it's like she never got the memo that like as a bad guy. Say what you want about Vince, and and this is what we're gonna miss um the most about Vince when he when he I mean and I don't wish for anyone's death, but this is what we're gonna miss the most so about Vince when say. when when it happens. But you got you got over on Vince. Vince never, right. with everybody Vince has ever worked with, Vince never got the last word. Right. Never. Whether it was Jericho or Austin or Rock or Taker or whoever, even even present day guys like Punk or Brian or 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 Kofi, just recently, like you know whoever he was shooting with, he would always you know he would always like put them over or something. He, he understood yeah, how to humble himself, you know. And and yeah. Stephanie Stephanie has never understood that. And I feel like I feel like maybe Vince never gave her to talk because yeah. that's his daughter. But I feel like no one ever gave Stephanie to talk like, hey, you're supposed to, like, put people over. Like, I can literally count on one hand how many people that she's been, like, destroyed by. Like, Vicky Guerrero, Ronda Rousey, that's it. Yeah. Like, literally, that's it. And CM Punk. And CM Punk, of course. Punk, Vicky Guerrero, Ronda Rousey. That's, like, three people. And this is, like, her whole career. So, really, like you said, it's definitely that's the problem. I think if you leave Triple H and Punk to their own devices, like if it's just Punk and if it's just Triple H, like just those two, they can probably work it out. But you add Stephanie into the mix, I don't know, man. And you know it's awkward too because you know, uh, you know, even though I don't care for her, I all you know, Jay and I go back and forth. I've always said that I thought AJ Lee was overrated. But even though I never cared for AJ Lee, I will give the devil her due. She was the first one to call out Stephanie on the shit with the Divas division. Remember the whole, like, uh, uh, she was pointing out, like, how their matches were going, like, less than two minutes and how the girls weren't making that much money and Stephanie tried to – she didn't like that. You know, she – I remember there was a segment, like, I, 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 you might remember it more than I do. I specifically remember a segment with AJ Lee and Stephanie – and there was, like, a legitimate bitterness in Stephanie's eyes. It was like she was really mad that AJ had gotten over. And I, I don't think she's – I remember there was a segment where she slapped Caitlyn. I don't believe she ever slapped AJ. But no. I know Stephanie doesn't like AJ, and AJ never cared for Stephanie. So yeah, it, what know, does – what her – You know what you got to take with that, though, Chris? Is you gotta remember, and I'm listen. I'm not defending Stephanie at all, but right. you gotta remember where we were time-wise. We were, I mean, this punk stuff was fresh. This was, you know, when this was all going on. It makes you wonder, you know, how much of it was character, how much of it was anger, was angle, and then how much of it was, well, I can't get your fucking husband, so now I'm gonna take it out on you. Now that all these right. years have gone on. And let's be honest, is the relationship 100% fixed? No, absolutely not. But there's something there. Because even though it's through Fox, 2015, 2016, Phil Brooks would not come anywhere near this job. Right. 
Let, let's just let's be honest. You know, don't you know? Let's be honest. You know, I listen to the Starcast interview. I listen to the Cabana interview. It's two different guys as far as where he's at, how he feels, how he thinks. So you know, all that stuff that went on then. I'm not like I said. I'm not defending it, but I think part of it you do kind of got to take into, you know, context what was going on and, you know, what was fresh and what was, you know, you know, going on at the time. And I, I, I really wonder how much of, of that played a role into the way, you know, segments went or things that were maybe ad-libbed in or, you know, oh, you know, you know, this one gave – this one a little bit extra of a dirty look, you know. I, I wonder how right. that you know, I, I you know, like I said, I'm not defending, but I think it's just mm-hmm. you gotta be fair too, you know. I think Right. That's, so and I don't yeah, so Punk Sage is uh so Punk Sage uh, he is uh he is forty one, which uh is crazy. I didn't even realize he was uh, in his forties until I looked it up and I was like, Is he really like past forty? And I was like, Yep, he is so um, obviously, I, I believe what fans want, what most fans want, is uh, you know, as I posted on PWP, I believe most fans they want a uh, a Shawn Michaels, Daniel Bryan situation, you know, where a guy retires, they come out of retirement for another run. You know, I think that's what most fans want. They wanna they want to see Punk on Raw, they want to see Punk on SmackDown, and the optimist in me is is uh, is hopeful that could happen. But what the I'm sorry, what are you saying? I was going to say, I don't think you'll get a full run out of him, but I think you could get him on board for a, hey, listen, do you really want the last image of you in a wrestling ring that came chokeslamming you through a table? at the Yeah, time? I, I never I never bought that either. Rumble? Or do you want to, right. you, know, you know, do you want to do this the right way? Right, you know. I think probably the best we could possibly get, as uh, I think it may, it may be an unpopular thing, but... I think the most we can get is is the, is, a, is the Batista thing, where he, you know, comes back for one angle, chooses one opponent, has one match at a WrestleMania, goes in the Hall of Fame. That's it. Like that's yeah. what my gut's telling me. That's what we're getting right now. And I know that might not be what fans want, but um, but even if even if that happens, like even if if it's just the one match and he retires, like I said, if his presence sticks around as a commentator or as an analyst or something, that's still good for the company. Because, you know, guys like, you know, CM Punk, Austin Aries, Samoa Joe, those guys can help people get over on commentary, you know? You want so, to know what I would do real quick with him to kind of get a feel for where he's really at? Invite him to be a, a panelist on one of those pre-shows. Would you risk that? You know the fans would just chant his name the whole time. Hmm. I know what you could do. I know what you could do. No, I'll do you better. Put him on one of those um, watch-along things. You know those things they do, like, during the pay-per-views where they have, like, WWE superstars watching the show, giving their opinions as it's happening? I'll put him, like, on one of those. Okay, I'm not sure if uh, John is there. There might be some, some uh, 
static interference there. But um, yeah, so John was suggesting to put Punk on one of the pre-shows they have. Uh, that's a cool idea. Uh, I'm not against it. That would be cool. But if you put Punk in the pre-show, then, you know, obviously the fans would see him, and then they would just chant CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk, CM the whole the whole night. So that's kind of like the one eh about that. But I, I do agree that it is a good way to give him a feel for it. And you know, I was just suggesting that putting him on the watch-along things that they do. I've never seen one. I think the only one I saw was uh, the Matt Riddle one where he was talking about, you know, I think it was during the Goldberg-Ziggler match where Matt Riddle was just joking around with Shayna and some of the other NXT dudes about, like, his uh, backstage running with Goldberg, which I thought was kind of funny. So, <laughs> speaking of Goldberg, shout-out to Dolph Ziggler joking around saying that uh, they told him originally that Goldberg was going to kill him in, like, 10 seconds, and Ziggler fought for, like, a two-minute match. <laughs> Ziggler, man. <laughs> Fucking Ziggler. That guy's funny. Yes, Ziggler is a, is a Hall of Famer. So, not sure what happened to John. Maybe um, the connection in his phone went out. I don't think the connection is wrong on my end. So, um, yeah, but... Uh, that's pretty much all the topics we had um, to discuss for today. We talked over everything. Of course, always remember, fans, today is Friday, so a Friday night SmackDown will be coming on tonight. Still getting used to SmackDown on a Friday. Um, I will be watching since they're since right now they're in Survivor Series, and I really do like Survivor Series. I was serious when I said Survivor Series was my favorite pay-per-view as a kid, and I still love Survivor Series, so... Um, I'll be watching SmackDown, you know, because it's going to be counting towards the build. So, um, you know, I don't know what they're going to have advertised. I don't, I don't know what's on the show. I think uh, they've advertised Bray Wyatt to appear. It's just they haven't said if it's going to be Bray or if it's The Fiend. I hope it's Bray. I, I want to see more Firefly uh, segments and stuff. I really like those Firefly segments and stuff. So I'm trying to see if there's, like, anything else to talk about. But um, I don't think there is, really. I know uh, earlier before the show started, MLW posted a link where they said that uh, Jacob Fatu from Contra, who is the current MLW champion, signed a long-term deal with MLW. So, but it doesn't go into detail on how long the deal is, but apparently it's a very lucrative deal. So, you know, cool, cool on MLW, stuff like that. Uh, NWA Power was good this week. So much wrestling, though, I can't specifically remember anything that happened. That's not anything negative against NWA. That's just really just me just being kind of tired at the moment. <laughs> I can't really recall exactly what happened. Um, let me try to think about it. I think Magnus. Oh, yeah. I, oh, no, I called him Magnus that I have it again. Sorry. Nick Aldis. I think, yeah, Nick Aldis did that cool commercial ad for the new retro video game that they have coming out next year. I used to play wrestling games like that all the time when I was a kid, so that's cool. I like games like that. I believe um, Thunder Rosa is like in an alliance with Marty Bell, and they're kind of feuding with Allison Kay. I'm not used to using these names because when, when I'm thinking of Allison Kay, I'm thinking of Sienna when she was in TNA, but she's not Sienna anymore. She's Allison Kay. That's the hardest part about wrestling for me right now. So many people I followed are on NXT under a different name 
or they're under NWA or AEW under a different name. That's the hardest part. So I apologize for uh, calling some people by their indie names and not calling them by their real names. It really just depends on, like, how long I've known them and how much I like them. Like, like for me, like, War Machine will always be War Machine. Like, I'm not calling them War Raiders or the Viking Experience. I'm not calling them any of that. To me, I'm, I'm calling them War Machine. I've met them both in person. They're both really cool guys. I love the whole, like, you know, um, Viking thing. Like, that's cool. I, I used to be a history major, so. But, um, but you know, calling Ricochet Ricochet is fine. Oh, sorry, you're back? Yeah, sorry about that. Oh, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. I, I was... I was just saying that, uh, you know, some particular wrestlers, I, I, I just call them by certain names, and, you know, so. <clears throat> by the way, is it just me, or does Chad Gable look like a Harlem Globetrotter <laughs> when he's dressed in this whole Shorty G thing? Yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> oh, yeah, so. Well, anyway, that's, uh, that's pretty much all the topics that I had, unless you yeah. wanted to, you know, discuss something. No, no, no. I mean, you know, you know, Survivor Series is next week. You know, um, you know, you know what? Let's try to do next week because the week after is the day after Thanksgiving. Um, and right. Okay. Makes sense. With family, so I don't know if I want to go like four weeks in between. So let's do next Friday, and then um, okay. You know, we could do like a Survivor Series preview and see what else happens. Um, <laughs> and you know what I want to get into? Well, I'm going to give it a few more weeks to see if anything changes. I'm not optimistic. But when there's a quiet week, we need to discuss the bullshit and the farce and the lie that is the AEW women's division. What are you talking about? What do you mean? Everything. Everything about it. Oh, it's going to be different. It's going to be inclusive. It's going to be revolutionary. No, bitch. It's you and, and your Hollywood friend pretty much running roughshod over the division and making it about you. It's not. Hollywood friend. You lost me. I don't yeah. understand. Kong. What, Kong? Yeah. Because Kong's on glow. But they just started doing that, though. They've only been on TV yeah, for like, like two weeks. Only, yeah, that's the only thing that. Who is in this division? Well, they haven't had the division established because it's, mis- uh, it's mostly unknowns, you know. So. Your your division was supposed to be the best in the business. That's why I'm saying we'll give it a few weeks. We'll wait for a week that there's nothing going on. This way, if it changes, but if it doesn't. It's time to call the CBO. Well, what's going on? What's going on right now is is that the division is full of unknowns. What what the AEW women's division needs is what is needed from day one, and, and there's and just certain there's certain talents the, the that are not. Keep Alexis Bliss's name out of your mouth and work on making stars with what you got. Who are you talking about now? Brandy mentioned Bliss this week. Oh, I don't pay attention to Brandy. Bliss isn't even That's working. Isn't she hurt about. again? That's what I'm talking about, Brandy Rose. It doesn't matter if Bliss is hurt or not. You I like the new chick they got, uh, the one from, um, I think she's like from the Netherlands. I saw her like on AEW Dark a few weeks ago. I can't think of her name. Um, 
what the what the AEW's women's division needs is, is pretty clear what it needs. Um, and I guess it's a situation where um, everyone that they could sign is signed elsewhere. What the AEW women's division needs is it needs that name that a casual would know, but a hardcore would also know, and you need to focus the division around that person. I call it the, well, what many fans call it is the Christian Cage, Kurt Angle effect, where many WWE fans follow Christian and Kurt Angle to TNA. So these fans watch TNA to see Christian, to see Kurt Angle, but then as they started watching, they discovered AJ and Samoa Joe and Daniels, and that's what the women's division needs. It needs like a a Gail Kim, a, a Tessa Blanchard, a Mickey James. It needs a name like that, and unfortunately, they don't have that name. And I thought they were gonna get Evelise, but they didn't sign her, and I thought that they would really like. I don't know what's going on. I mean, I, I guess they're pushing her more now because when I first heard they signed Allie, I was like, okay, she's going to be the girl because I know how good she is. But she's just kind of been just there. But now she's on Dynamite now, so maybe they'll push her. They can't the get Rosemary. The problem is, too, look at the two women's matches this past weekend on the pay-per-view. I felt like the baker Priestley match got way more way more push than Hero. I mean, Rio's back. Rio, Rio. Right, right. Yeah. If you think you're, you're diamond of the division, that's fine. Then just put the belt on Baker and have her start working with all these girls. The fact that you've got Rio and then you've got Baker, who you're pushing because, you know, whatever, That that's counterproductive. And then the fact that you know, you're going to have one women's segment on Dynamite next week, and it's going to end up involving Kong and Brandy. Well, I think what hurts Nyla Rose, this, this to, to me, this is what hurts Nyla more than anything is like this, and this is this is this is for, and this obviously affects me because I'm a fan that watched TNA, so I know who Awesome Kong is. So what hurts Nyla Rose for me is they're clearly trying to establish her as the monster of the division, and that's cool. But for a fan like me or like yourself, it's like, well, you already have you already have Kong, you know? Like Kong is went from building to that towards that to are they gonna be together? Because I haven't seen Nyla on anything, and you know. Since she lost well, they had her on. They, you know, well, they had her on TV this week, and they had her on 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 AW Dark last week. So, um, it's pretty clear what's going on. Basically, this women's division is legit, like starting from scratch. It's like WCW's cruiserweight division. Where, like, in the beginning, no one knew who the cruiserweights were, and you got to remember with the cruiserweights, it took time. Like, it it really wasn't until like '97 did most of the cruiserweights. Like, everyone knew who they were. Everyone knew who Rey Mysterio was. Everyone knew who Malenko was. Everyone knew who Eddie was. It took, because the cruiserweight division technically debuted in, like, 95. It took, like, two years. You knew who the cruiserweights were. It was just a matter of them getting a chance. You don't even know who half these women are. 
No, I won't. I won't go that far. A lot of fans didn't know who like the Ultimo Dragon was in '96 or Psychosis. It took a while to get there, but I'm not going to say it took like four years or whatever, you know. Um, but to me, it, it goes half and half because AEW. Because to me, AEW's women's division is not as strong as NXT's women's division. No. But then their tag division completely eats up everybody else's division. So oh, to yeah. me, it just goes to show you that every promotion has weaknesses and everyone strengths. Has strengths. You know, everyone has their weaknesses, of course. You know, but you know, mm-hmm. I, I, you got to take more time and you got to develop this and establish it, and you know, get your fucking ego out of there and get get out of the main what looks like it's going to be a main storyline in the division and let these girls go out and establish themselves. Well, they're yeah. giving them a lot of time on Dark. I'm just waiting for them to give them time on actual Dynamite, you know. But like, I just that's think like that's TV. really what... That's like, saying, that's like saying you got 13 minutes on main event or heat. You know? Yeah, but in AEW, more people watch Dark than main event, you know, so that's the thing. But me personally, like, I just think that that's what AEW's women's division needs. It needs that name that a casual fan would, would know, but a hardcore fan would also like. And right now, there's just no one available, I guess, because they're just signed elsewhere. Like, to me, the names that stand out to me, like I said, the three names that stand out to me are, like, a Gail Kim, a Tessa Blanchard, or a Mickey James. And Mickey's with WWE. Um, Tessa is with Impact, and it looks like she's going to win the world title soon, so she's not going anywhere. And um, I believe Gail's retired. And... Mm-hmm. There's really no one else. Like you know, I thought they were gonna sign Evelise because she was in that battle rail, and they didn't sign her. And um, I don't know. I don't know. That's just a weird story because I've heard good things about her. It's weird. Like she's she's weird. Like I have no clue why she's not signed anywhere. That's very strange. And um, is there anyone else? I think wasn't ODB in that battle? Yeah, ODB was in that battle rail. I mean, you can't focus it around her, but like she's a name fans remember. So, um, I don't I don't know Oscar's or Kari's contract status. I would assume since they've moved to the Americas, they're probably going to stay with WWE. So yeah. it's just kind of one of those things, you know. And um, you know, in WWE and NXT, they're not going to release any of their women's talents. You know, even ones they're not really using. So it's just kind of one of those things where they have what they have, and they just have to build what they have and make it work. Yeah, they- you know, they need to present it better. You know, there's a lot yeah, of things yeah. that they, there was a lot of things they said they were going to do and, and, you know, focus and showcase on TV. And I'm sorry, but they haven't. And, you know, <clears throat> give them a little more time to see what they do. But, you know, they, you know, they, they, they went full politician on everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Oh, that being said, uh, have a good week, though, John. You know, we'll see you guys uh, next week for Survivor Series uh, to, you know, do the predictions for that. Yep, later. Great, later.